This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by Flatmates. Flatmates is a brand new play by me, Ingram Noble, and it's on at the Glasgow Acting Academy from the 2nd of February to the 4th of February 2024. Flatmates is a hilarious and intriguing comedy that follows the lives of five eclectic roommates. Debbie the history student, Sheridan the drama school star, Mitch the sociologist turned only fan sensation, Tom the lovable but dim-witted PE student, and Brad. Follow them through a wine fueled game of Monopoly when chaos ensues after Tom stumbles upon an invitation for two to the King's coronation. With tickets in hand, tensions rise and the only question is, who will seize the chance of a lifetime? You can get your tickets for Flatmates either by clicking the link in the bio or going to www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash flatmates. All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. Acting wasn't on my list. I got expelled from drama at 13. Couldn't even get, like, the back end of an horse in pantomime, you know. I just could not. Have you seen the size of the dildos under her bed? If any of the actors would have done the real character, everyone in the production would have, everyone outside would have said, that's way too over the top. Mm. Got to bring it down a bit. Because they're just larger than life and we just had a good crack all the time. <laughs> we, had, we had a great time. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I'm joined by an absolutely amazing actor who I've admired for years. Please welcome to the podcast, Anthony Flanagan. Drama School Dropout no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Thought your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast, how are we? Very warm, very good for December. Oh no, it's freezing here, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of over it. It's just begun to... Before we jump right in, I just want to ask, how's life? Because it's been it's been a mad couple of years. Genuinely, we've gone through so much as a country. How's how's life? Life is weirdly in these times. Life is richer yeah. for it because you you have to invest in stuff that matters and stuff that's good. Um, not going too sort of deep early on, but life's weird for me in that I've been busier through yeah. The, negatives than I have before so what one would imagine would be the adverse effects I've had the opposite mm-hmm. so I worked all through COVID and 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 that yeah yeah so work-wise all, all that's good man mm. I think I've just learned to be like really grateful for everything that I've got humility man it, it's not even that like you know like I joke often about it like just before the pandemic my mum moved down to London and I, I like a joke quite a lot about how she's a fucking nightmare. And if she's listening to this, she will agree. But, and I joke about how I loved like living on my own and stuff. She's since moved back. And I don't know, like, there's just, I just feel really grateful for it. Like, and grateful for like my family. I was really lucky that like the pandemic, I didn't lose anyone. Do you know what I mean? So I've just, yeah. I've become like really grateful for what I do have and who I do have. Yeah. Um, but what I do like to ask everybody that comes onto the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't have to be a professional one. We'd love a good nativity story. Not on my list. Acting wasn't on my list. I got expelled from drama at 13. So I was not allowed to 
um, attend the drama classes because I was such a rebel <laughs> that I, I I stood on a wall rather than standing in line. So I got I got expelled from from doing drama. So it was never something that I thought immediately. Yeah, this will be. <laughs> so yeah, I got into it through a friend of the family. My sister's friend was at RADA. She was yeah. in her second year at RADA. And we grew up together. And so I visited London and visited her and sort of saw all the sort of kids sort of doing what they were doing. And I thought, yeah, this could be something. This could mm. be something. So um, as you know, the route is what one would think is that you go through the drama school. Obviously, everything's changed now. But When did you sort of like... Obviously, if you'd been expelled from drama and it wasn't on your list, was yeah. there a point? Because I think there's something like really, especially as a kid who did grow up going through GCSE drama and lots of my friends went to like, I don't know, Saturday schools. I think there's a massive right. difference in sort of taking on this hobby as an extracurricular to then being like, oh, this is actually what I want to do with my life. And obviously you didn't follow the same route as myself. But like, when was that point where you were kind of like, oh no, this is what I'm going to do for like the rest of my life as my job? Never. Yeah, you never, when you're young, you never kind of look. I mean, I got into the game late, really, because I was, when I studied performing arts at Oldham College, I was uh, 18. That was in 1990. Mm. That's when I started. So I, I was like, it was doing all the jobs that you knew you didn't want to do. So mm -hmm. I did like, most actors, you just do like 50 different jobs. And you try them out and you learn a trade and you go, actually, I need to do something else and blah, blah, blah. So uh, when I kind of decided that, that I was going to give it a serious go and go through the route of drama schools, drama schools, they wouldn't let me in mm. at 19, 20. So I left college, tried to get in the drama school and they said no. So I did a HND, which was in 1990. I love a HND. I've got my HND. HND, yeah, 1994, five. I didn't think they did those in England. I thought that was a Scottish thing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, so, so prolonged the education. So I did another performing arts HND for two years. Well, we had a theatre, you see, in, a, in Oldham. So we had, a, we had a, a, in the round sort of 350 seats there where we just yeah. doing plays every six weeks. So you were basically like, being in rep mm. and doing and doing performances every six weeks. So I did that for four years because drama school weren't letting me in. So Manchester and Rada and, and that. So I just kept I just kept trying to do it and, and I went I tried again for the third time I think after getting close. I did the exact same speeches I did like all them years ago and then I got into Manchester Met. So then I did another three years, so I've done seven years. So, so more than more than the average. What was your first ever role? I'm always interested in that. Well, my first role, so I came, I was in Salford, living in Salford, and I'd finished drama school. I chose an agent, but they weren't sort of fast coming with loads of like meetings and stuff. So I did. I was I was unemployed on the dole in Salford for a year with no meetings. So I was like writing to casting director or writing to the industry with loads of people. Couldn't even get like the back end of an horse in pantomime. You know, I just could not do anything. Nothing yeah. was happening. Then I got a call to, uh, for a meeting for the Royal Shakespeare Company. Mm -hmm. And it was a new a new play. And bas basically that direct the director chose me to do it. So I got the role, the lead role in the RSC. It was a new play. So I, that was my first sort of professional gig. And that was because everyone in the RSC was saying, employ Jude Law or employ this name or this name or that that one. And Robert Delamere, who's called the director, he said he wanted someone straight out of drama school. Mm. And just look through the forwards on Spotlight and, and, and said he looks he looks interesting. So yeah. Mm. 
it's always nice when somebody doesn't want a stunt cast. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you mentioned it there, studying at like Oldham College and Man Met. One of my favourite things to talk about when it comes to acting training or drama school are the funny drama school stories because shit happens behind those doors that people genuinely wouldn't believe. Do you have a favourite story that you can share with us? Looking back at it, it was a kind of it was it was kind of unique the 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 thing because it was it was an old boarding house school for girls and for boys I think it was it was like mm. an old Victorian place and just on the outskirts uh, so there was no no other campus there was nothing else it was just this this building and it was only for the acting uh, students and the musicians so that was you can imagine what like forty teenage early twenties musicians and actors and actresses get up to as you know like it was just good parties and it was it was very healthy and very good i i've been through drama school twice once i i dropped out and once i graduated and i always say that i learned the most lessons about myself about the industry and about the world going through those two sort of stints at drama school what was yeah. the biggest lesson that you learned while you were there? They're all the stuff that you can get in your bag as a tricks and and things that you think but the, the main thing that i took away from it all is Know yourself before you try and be anyone else. Know yourself first, and then you can put on the uh, the clobber and masks of other people. Yeah, no, I agree. Something that I learned really early on, and this was sort of after I dropped out, one thing that I really, I struggled because I got really shit critique while I was at drama school the first time, and I'd gone what? from like doing my NQ to HND, yeah. and... I'd, I'd sort of had a bit of smoke blown up my ass and I was sort of the big fish in a small pond, if you know what I mean. Yeah. There yeah. were plenty of talented people there, but I'd just been, what I'd been told by my lecturers didn't translate from college to drama school. And mm. I really struggled with it. And I was speaking to some people after I dropped out and I was just sort of like, I don't really know what to do because um, I just don't think I'm any good at this anymore. I don't know what happened. And, a few people that I spoke to were like, no, you are. Every, everything's just subjective. And if if they didn't like it, like I guarantee if you show everyone in the world that, someone will. You want an audience to clap when you when the play's finished. You know oh, I mean? 100%. But you if do. they don't you like do. it, it, it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. And nobody's going to die. No, but if you know why you're doing it and what you do, what you're doing, if they walk out and it's a good piece of work, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a compliment, isn't it, too? Oh, no, 100%. It, it's working. You always go forward, mm. stay present, and just learn about why it's not worked, and then and then take that into the future. Yeah. So I did loads of different jobs. It's not that they didn't work; it's just that they weren't my cup of tea. You know, they, they weren't they weren't the career I wanted to I wanted to go in into. So you just got to keep going through them all to find mm. the ones that you you do. So do you you work then? Do you still work? So I'm sort of like I only graduated last year, and I'm just in that middle ground of trying to find my footing. Right. of like I'm trying to make a name for myself um I'm still had an agent but basically everything that I was getting was in London and that's absolutely fine I love London I don't actually um you but, in Glasgow yeah yeah I'm in Glasgow yeah, and yeah. everything that I was just getting through like there was the odd like really good acting job that I like put so much into but everything else was like like my agent wanted me to audition for you know the Lapland in the UK thing like she wanted me to audition for that. And I just sort of decided that I wasn't getting anything on my front doorstep. And 
I, I thought it's maybe better to try and crack the scene at home before you try and crack the scene in London. So I left my agent about a year ago, actually, just before Christmas last year. And it's just it's just really difficult, especially something that I'm constantly hearing is that we're still sort of at the tail end of a pandemic and that that's still affecting like agencies and stuff. So I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to make my way in life and see what happens. Yeah, do your own stuff, you know. Oh, no, 100%. Uh, like, me and my best friend wrote a play over lockdown. Yeah. That's going on tour next year. My new play is going on in February for a couple of performances, just to see if it's any good, because I've got massive imposter syndrome. And then if it does any good, I'll I'll take it further. But I don't know. I think it's really hard, especially in Scotland right now. It's a really small-knit scene, yeah. and it's quite hard to get through the door. But if anybody's listening, I'm knocking. Please email me. Or replies to my emails. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you mentioned there about not all of your jobs being your cup of tea. And I really hope that the one that I want to talk to you about was your cup of tea. Because it's one of my favourite TV shows of all time. I do want to talk to you about Shameless. Because yeah. um, that just is the TV show of a generation. What was it like being involved with that? The places where we filmed, which was sometimes it was Beswick. And uh, anyway, sort of parts of Manchester where yeah. the characters, the real characters on the estate would sort of line up, sat down with their bags of Stella or whatever, or Tenants Extra or whatever it is. You know, they'd be walking around with their shopping trolleys full of their lives and stuff all these mad characters, and they'd be sat on the wall. We'd be filming in sort of the estate, you know, in, in, in the Gallagher's house. And if any of the actors would have done the real character, everyone in the production would have, everyone outside would have said, that's way too over the top. Mm. Got to bring it down a bit because they're just larger than life and we just had a good crack all the time. <laughs> we, had, we had a great time. Mm. How did you become to uh, get involved with it? What was the audition process like? Well, I didn't get Steve. Right. I got down to me and James for Steve. Because I think the show, especially in the past couple of years since it's been put up to Netflix, has had such a resurgence of like new fame. What has that been like? Like this TV show that finished almost... 10 years ago that started nearly 20 years ago it is it is peculiar though but it's i was um doing a little bit of shopping in in town london and i'm just looking at some shoes and i hear i hear shameless you know around another corner so i do hear people still see me from that which was 20 years ago whenever it was but mm. um the fact that people still yeah still <laughs> rave about it is did you know back then, see, when you were filming it and you were just doing like these table reads of the script, did you have an inkling that it would become such a cultural phenomenon in the UK? Can you imagine if I say, yeah, oh, yeah, we knew it. <laughs> but I think sometimes you'd you do something and you know there's magic there. I was fun. It was it was fun. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because everyone was close to what, you know, the kids were all kids. and Yeah. It wasn't one of these American ones where the the twelve year old is actually twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> a fun question that I love to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is: if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, "Listen, I want to do a two hander in the West End with you, but I don't know who I want to make like your co star, and you can pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive." Who are you picking? Oh, uh, probably just to get. I'd probably pick Liam Neeson. That's a good he one. Could, he could play me, Dad. I'd buy a ticket for that, actually. <laughs> I would. I would. Mine. Mine's always the same. It's Catherine Tate. I think we'd have a good time doing a little two-hander. Would be fun. Um, 
We're going to play a game now. This game is one of my favourite things in the world. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And have right. been submitted by listeners. And one of them is a lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. And we've got to find out which one's the lie. I've got the really? answer in a sealed envelope, so I can play along too. Genuinely, my favourite thing in the world. Right. Number one. During a casting workshop, I was instructed to perform as a lampshade for the entire workshop. Number two. I was messing around backstage and got trapped in pink furry handcuffs minutes before I was to go on stage. I actually ended up having to go on wearing them. Number three, I was told that I would need to dye my hair ginger for a role, which was fine. But when I showed up on my first day and I sat down in the chair, they gave me a buzz cut. I was gutted. I don't well, know. I don't know. I would probably know not to fuck about with handcuffs. It's quite an interesting thing, being a lampshade. Right, go with that mm. is the first one. The first one, right, I'm going to open it up. No, I just think I'd know not to fuck about with handcuffs on stage. That's like territory that I don't want to get involved yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at, in Shameless, we did um, a scene where one of the one of the neighbours was giving uh, Tony a, a hand job and he had pink handcuffs on for him. Yeah. And you thought, My... the crew would, you thought the crew would like have a, have a laugh and someone would lose the key and all that kind of stuff, but everyone treated <laughs> as well. My favourite shameless moments of yours are your scenes with Maggie O'Neill. Yeah. Genuinely, some of my (laughs) favourite, some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life. But the answer was number two. So the handcuffs one was bullshit, Uh, which I'm quite happy about. Like, just if you're backstage and there's handcuffs, leave them alone. Leave them. Don't fuck yourself over. Um, But no, going back a bit, genuinely, I, I, if I could pick your two-hander, I'd love to see you and Maggie O'Neill do something. <laughs> now that I think about that, that was just the most, some of the most bizarre things. Yeah, bizarre good. Because, she, like, I can't even remember, I haven't watched it in a while, but there was just a point where she was like, oh, I'll teach you how not to come so quickly. <laughs> and, like, you're just a copper, like, I think it started in the episode that the, the kid went missing. And you're like upstairs looking for something, and you're like, "Have you seen the size of the dildos under her bed?" Yeah, it's just just normal routine. <laughs> no, but if if I could pick your two hander, I'd love to see you with Maggie O'Neill. I think that would be obviously not as the characters from Shameless, yeah, but yeah. something <laughs> funny. I think that would be great, I, and I'd definitely buy a ticket for that. Um, we we have a, a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking, and you won't know who you're asking. And the question that's been left today is, again, bizarre as fuck. But the question that's been left for us to answer is, if you could turn your belly button into a button that did something every time you pressed it, what would you make it do? So my answer was just charge all of my devices to 100%. That would make my life very easy. I would make it create... um... A kind of ready break glow around me that would have a kind of electric field pulsating, so that if anyone, whether it's fucking Oxford Street or Oxford Road or fucking Regent Street, people do not bump into me. That's a good or one. Don't look, don't look where they're going and do have no spatial awareness and just bump into me. That's what it'd do. See, that's one of the reasons I hate London. I feel like I can't walk down the street. You have to run down the street. You have to dodge a million and one people. Whereas in Glasgow, it's quite nice. Just take it slowly. It's all not the, busy. All you've, got, all you've got to do is just go a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah. But no, like I, I think that's a good answer for bumping into people. Yeah, that's. I'm here for that. 
I might steal it. Um, what question would you like to leave for the next guest? Doesn't have to be about acting, can literally be about anything you want. But what's what's coming up next for you? Where can people come and see you? What are you do what are you up to? I just finished a job a job that just went out on Sky um Cobra it was called. And so that's just gone off a couple of weeks ago. Mm. There's a couple of things. I can't remember what the answer was. <laughs> Um, as soon as I know, I'll update everyone about it. But genuinely, thank you so much for coming up and doing this. I genuinely, I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight. It's been such a pleasure. Right. Um, no. And if you're ever in Glasgow, please feel free to hit me up and the first round of drinks are on me. Good man. All right. Amazing. All the best, Ingram. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout completed. Thank you so much to Anthony for coming on the podcast. Genuinely, it means the absolute world. And all I ask in return is that if you enjoyed this episode, why not tell someone about it? Leaving us a rating and a review on the podcast will recommend us to other listeners and help us grow. And it means the absolute world to me. So please, please do that. And don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or go down into the show notes and submit your story using the google form down there as per usual i'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode you know the drill every tuesday at 6 a.m but until then have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout thought your whole course now try something new drama school dropout